So earlier, before we started filming, we were talking about health and eating. And I was wondering if we should talk about it here. We can. I think we should. It is something we all know, but it is hard to put in practice. Even if you're exercising, if you ain't eating right. <laughs> right. It's, it's pointless. I'm looking at both cameras. It's pointless, 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 pointless. I'm sorry. So you can't outwork out a bad diet. Consistency is the key to success. Consistency. In my role now as a wellness coach, I talk about stress a lot. So I have to talk to individuals about their why. Like, what is your why? And it has to be deeper than what I want to lose weight because that hasn't worked. Put it this way, like whatever you put effort into is what you get out of it. What up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the RXS podcast. And today we have a very very special guest in the building, Jarek McCarter. How are you, man? I'm doing well, man. The introduction made me feel, you know, all bubbly on the inside. <laughs> just want to let you know, just to make you feel awkward about that. Another, you as another man made me feel some kind of way <laughs> on the inside. How do you feel about that? Don't worry about it. <laughs> so for, for, the first thing I want to do is you're in town because today's your dad's seventh anniversary of being the pastor of Morningstar. Yes, sir. So I want to establish that because that kind of speaks volumes to you mm -hmm. um, as a son to be here. Yeah. When you could have just like FaceTimed and been like, congratulations. Yeah, I could have. It was a thought. <laughs> I mean, no, <laughs> we still love each other like that. Yeah. But also we're very supportive, supportive of each other as well. I mean, my dad is my superhero. Yeah. I mean, I literally live the Cosby show life. Um, and so I know what kind of parents I have and I want to just soak it up for as long as I can. So, so that's a good transition. Then, speaking of the Cosby show life, what was it like growing up? Where did you grow up and what was it like? It's a loaded question. Um, my dad is a retired officer in the military. So I grew up all around the world. Um, I didn't get back into the United States, honestly, until my freshman year of high school, I still went to two different high schools. Um, so uh, growing up, we were very close. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, growing up internationally all around the world, we moved every two or three years. Um, it was a it was a blessing. My dad was always there. Uh, we, but we weren't like, like um, I think they talked about it today, like he's the, he's the last one to accept his calling. Yeah. So, so like, so like, I was old enough to remember, the, you know, that we were just going to church, like you know, like we were like just in the pew. Yeah. Like my dad was still trying to catch games and stuff like that. Like we were like, <laughs> but 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 he was. But the thing that's really interesting is that, but they were always extremely good people. Mm -hmm. And so he really hasn't changed a whole lot. He just became a lot more passionate about God. But as far as the fruit of the spirit. Like they've always been kind and gentle and, and you know, practice self-control, yeah. you know, goodness and all those things. So it really wasn't a whole lot of change. He just really started, stopped being as passionate about sports and bodybuilding and stuff like that. And he really just took that same love and put it into God. Interesting. Yeah. You got a lot of that stuff from him. Yeah. He and my mother, of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, they were, like I said, my sister and I understand We've we we we've really been blessed with great parental figures. We know that doesn't exist. We got that and understood that very early, and so we've been trying to make sure we hang around and suck them up for as long as we can. So, how were you guys able to recognize that that wasn't necessarily the norm? I mean, that's quick. I mean, when you when you walk outside your house, you know what I'm saying. You get friends and stuff like that, and you uh, just see how they're raised and see. Um, some of the options that their parents have been giving them or just some of the problems that they that they have. Like I said, I truly live the Cosby show life like I'm Theo Huxtable at, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, corny and all. So uh, but it, it, it I just we just understood um, that that we really had a really good and pleasant life. Life comes with challenges and issues, but life had to bring those issues. They really didn't develop from the house. Because uh, they were just really, really cool people to be around. My parents have always been the coolest people on the block. And so we understood that like a long time ago. So once you guys get back to the States, you say you're in high school? Yeah, I'm in high school. Yeah. 
What kind of things were you interested in then? Sports. We came back because I wanted to play sports. My dad reminds me of that all the time. You could have been overseas longer, but you just had to play football, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, but that's what had us come back. I was really in the, I was a, I, I am very athletic. That was, I, I still am. Um, the psychological part of sports is where I failed at. I was so nervous and anxious all the time. But as far as athletically guilty, uh, uh, gifted, I was, I was that guy. I was like the fat, one of the fastest people in the school or the fastest in my class or could jump or catch or all that kind of stuff. I had all those att- uh, attributes growing up. So talk to me about the psychological part. Um, honestly, what made it so tough first? Yeah. And then how did you overcome that as you continue to live life? Um, honestly, it just was just overthinking. It's, you know, the, making things bigger than what it is. Uh, in my role now as you know, as one of, as a wellness coach, um, I talk about stress a lot, and stress is really perception. You know, it's like a dog, a huge dog. Let's say a huge dog came came in the room right now. Uh, that dog could be the biggest, cuddly, you know, uh, carnival toy to one person, and it could be a straight nightmarish monster to another. It's the same dog. That's what stress is. Stress is perception. It's how you perceive things. So. The the sports arena, I put much more pressure on myself than what I should have. Athletes that really function extremely well are the athletes that understand their athleticism, but they're relaxed enough to allow the pressure of the moment to bring out the best of their athleticism instead of, um, you know, squishing it, you know, because they're so tense. When you're stressed and you have anxiety, you become tense in the key to performing well in life is to be relaxed. To a person who experiences high level of stress and anxiety, mm-hmm. what can they do to start to relax? Um, just understand just what I said. It, it's, the, it's the understanding that stress is tension and that the opposite of stress is relaxation. So you find healthy ways to relax a lot of that also is 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 kind of goes back to that work mentally of perception what is it about this that's making me anxious Mm. Uh, you know and so now that i know what it is then i can kind of get back to the why it is and then when i know what and why then i can kind of unpack that and um and then from there begin to put it in its proper um, place because also stress comes from unmet or unrealistic expectations so that oftentimes causes stress as well. So if you get your expect, expectations properly lined up, then oftentimes the stress will go away as well. Maybe you're putting that those unre- unrealistic expectations on yourself or on others or a situation, and that's what's causing your stress. And then when, when things don't pan out the way you expect, your perception of the situation is... Failure. It, <clears throat> yeah, like horrible, horrible failure. While somebody else is like... It's not that serious, bro. And you're like, no, it is. No, this is the most horrible thing in life. So really stress is perception. So once you get that part right, that that filter right, then things will stop being stressful. But you have to get that filter right, which is why I love being a Christian, because the filter of spirituality helps you truly understand that the earth is Lord's in the fullness, you know, Thereof, thereof, you know, and so why am I stressed about this place? I'm supposed to be a foreigner. The Bible says you should also treat this world like you're, you know, live like you're a foreigner. Um, understand that you're not, you know, that you've been born again, uh, that you're different. So mm. when you understand that, then you don't maybe put as much pressure and stress on accolades and titles and always on performance. Like you understand that in my missteps, God is still able. At what age did you give your life to Christ? Um, honestly, I could. My mother says it was pretty young, uh, but I remember we would consider it rededication. Uh, I remember doing that right before I went to college. Okay. Yeah. So you rededicated your life to the Lord before you went to college. Mm-hmm. What was college life like? You know what. I really love the movie House Party. 
So I thought that I was going to go to college and relive every single moment of that daggone movie. I was prepared. I also enjoyed the movie Boomerang. So I yeah. thought that I was going to be, you know, really, I thought I was going to major in some kind of business, you know, whatever, become an executive, yeah. get a really nice place and have numerous women just coming through. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was, you know, what I thought it was, but the Lord had a different plan and um, I rededicated my life to Christ. And when I went to college, I got like super serious about the Lord. I ended up um, finding a large group of youth um, at my campus that were also like really sold out. And we just vibed my entire collegiate career. And what school is this? This is UNC Charlotte. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, UNC Charlotte. So you give your life to Christ. You meet this group of people. Mm -hmm. You you kind of hanging with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. They became like you know, uh, uh, your 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 culture, mm -hmm. uh, my subculture. So they became like an extended part of my my family, um, and they helped develop my value system. And so, honestly, we were ironing, sharpening, ironing. We were, we were yeah. maturing at the same rate at the same time. Uh, we were holding each other accountable. But it was very healthy. Um, and that's, that's why it kind of uh, uh, shaped and, and matured us in a very healthy way. I want to say that, too. It wasn't like I was in a situation where it was real legalistic, where it was very super traditional. And, like, mm. we, it wasn't about what you couldn't do. It was about what you could do in God. Like so, and that so it was a beautiful college. Was like really, really beautiful. Like those friendships I still have to this day. Yeah. And what was your major in college? Communications, mass media, broadcasting. What made you choose that? Because I've always had a talent to perform and speak in front of people. I've always had people say, "Oh my God, you have a great speaking voice. It's a radio voice." Um, That's true. I've been I've acted before. Yeah. And I've done lines and you know been the star of a show, you know, like, like, yeah, man, like yeah, when you, sure. when you act and when you do stuff, it really, you know, we really got more, you know, so my goal was to become a news broadcaster. That's what I wanted to do. Mm. Yeah. So what ended up happening? Well, I got a, a scholarship through the air force to go to school. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't going to turn that down. And the military doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it pretty much tells you what you're going to do. And at the time, <laughs> they didn't have any like public affairs officers. Okay. So I had to do, uh, I had to pick another career field. And that kind of didn't allow me to really super develop in that area because I, I went to the Air Force for like um, almost seven years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was that like? That was great. Honestly, uh, as a young officer, um, been a young minority officer, there wasn't really many of us, I wouldn't trade it in. It, it definitely matured me a, a lot earlier. When I came out of college, I was thrusted immediately in a supervisory position. I had people, I outranked people who were twice my age. I was, I was walking in rooms and people were saluting, knowing nothing. I mean, it was just the title, but, um, uh, but it was a, but it was a situation where you had to grow up quick. And then, uh, my, within my first one or two years of the military, nine 11 happened. So, that changed everything. Um, I deployed. I missed my second child being born. And that's what caused me kind of to transition out. because, because Only because I didn't want to be deployed all the time and missing Important my family. Moments, yeah. yeah, so. And that's kind of what ended my military career. Okay, so let's go back a little bit. Because if you missed your second child being born, that means you were already married? Yeah, yeah, I got, yeah, 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 yeah. So tell us what that was like. You got married in college? No, right after college, like literally I graduated. Uh-huh. You know, I graduated, <laughs> I literally, within the same like month or maybe a month, I graduated from college, became a, became a commissioned officer in the military and got married. Oh, that's crazy. And then I had a honeymoon child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of built up angst. I, I don't know what was going on. It was just, you know, you could you. He was practicing celibacy, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, you keep looking at each other like, you know what I'm saying? When, we, when it comes time, I'm going to show you what's up, you know what I'm saying? She's like, well, I'm going to show you what I'm saying. I'm going to show you what I'm saying. And then we showed each other too much and had a honeymoon. Had a honeymoon. 
So a lot happened that year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what attracted you to your wife in college? Like what brought her to your attention? Uh, my wife, it was the way she carried herself. Yeah. Like I like, first of all, shout out to all black women. Y'all are some beautiful individuals. Yeah. Man. You know what I'm saying? I know it was a time where, you know, people like, you know, you know, everybody's experimenting and trying different stuff and that's fine. I yeah. mean, whatever, but it's nothing like black love because we understand each other in ways that other cultures cannot. But I celebrate all love, but black love is really special because, you know, our society is constantly trying to tear it down. But for my wife, she just has such a swag about her. She yeah. just, she's just swaggy. Like she just drips that i mean she does like yeah, i tell her true. all the time i tell her all the time like i gotta i gotta like stay fit because she just naturally oozes like just yeah. stuff so <laughs> um what really attracted me to her was like she she always kept her hair like immaculate i was like how do you do that in college she always looked like her hair was flawless and so that's what first attracted me to her and yeah then, and then also we met like in the choir so then it was her walk with God as well. So we were all on the same path and we started real good. We started as strangers. Um, then we moved to like friends, then best friend, then relationship. It, it, it was a beautiful progression um, that that happened with us. It wasn't forced, nothing, nothing we were trying to do. And, you know, uh, 20 um, four years later, yeah, we still still in it still. Yeah. So your second child is born and you're like, okay, it's time to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that deployment wasn't cool. Cause I was going to be like home 12 months, deployed six, home 12 months, deployed six months, home 12. And I was like, I, I just didn't, I didn't want to function that way. Mm -hmm. I love my family too much. So, and that's when I transitioned into full-time, we transitioned into full-time youth ministry with my dad. In okay. Mississippi. Okay. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So you were in college. In North Carolina. Right. That's where you met your wife. Mm -hmm. Did y'all have y'all children in North Carolina? One of them. One yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. The honeymoon baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then we, the second baby, where were y'all at? Florida. What part? We were in um, uh, the Niceville area. I don't know why the, the base escapes my brain right now. But, um, but it was Jacksonville? No, Niceville. Like literally uh, Niceville? Yeah, it's called like, it's like Niceville... Uh, Oh my gosh! Why can't I remember the base? It's okay. Yeah, well, it's Florida. It'll it'll pop back up. It's in the Panhandle. Um, I, don't I don't even know why. what the Panhandle is. This, you know, Florida looks like a. It's that skinny part. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then, you guys start doing full time youth ministry. How did that come about? Um, because we were already doing it. Uh, so I, so we were at that time we were stationed in. Montgomery, Alabama at Maxwell Air Force Base. That was my last duty station. We were already working in youth ministry. Actually, I actually got offered a youth pastor position where we were. Because oh, they found out we were getting out. And he was like, he was like, yo, you can stay here. And I'm like, oh. I was like, nah, I'm going home, but that's flattering. You know, so uh yeah. so we were already we were already really into youth ministry. It kind of was an extension of college. College is like youth ministry, honestly. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. And, saved and doing a bunch of we're doing all types of stuff man that you know for the lord and so we just continue doing it you know while i was in in the military you know we would of course go different places but also go to different churches we'll plug in and we were immediately do stuff like in youth and children's ministry yeah, yeah. so after that y'all go back to mississippi mm -hmm. start doing youth ministry how what was that experience like oh we're still doing it um it was a uh, it is great like we were able to all the things and all the ideas that we had in other ministries, we were able to pull and put it towards my father's ministry. Uh, the ministry is called grads, God's radical anointed demon stompers. Hmm. And, um, and it's like, you know, cause you're, because you're not only graduate, it's, it's, it's short for graduating. So yes. we're trying to teach the kids how to graduate in life and in, in mature and spirituality as well. That's the whole concept of grads, you know? So we're able to just to really, uh, teach. Um, that's the really the core of our youth ministry. Like the fun, like we figured out, like they'll always have fun. Like you can have fun anywhere, anytime. So what we would do is we would use grads 
Y'all may not know this because y'all are probably too young, but there is a show in BET called 106, no, called uh, Teen Summit. I heard the name. Right. I don't and think so, I ever saw nah, it. Nah, you didn't. Nah, y'all young whippersnappers, you don't know what Teen <laughs> Summit is. You know what I'm saying? It's back in the 106 and Park and all that kind of days. But anyway, yeah. but uh, Teen Summit was a really cool program by BET. And it really had like teens talking about issues and, you know, mm. at the time in their lives. So we kind of did grads that way where we, I mean, and we still do. We use it as opportunity for the kids to speak and, you know, talk about their spirituality at their level. And then we just use our wisdom and experience to help fill in the gaps and the holes. But we create a safe place where they can just be themselves. Like we, and we tell them like, yo, we, we know you got forced to come to church today and that's okay. You know, mm. but, but we're not going to force God on you. So what we're going to do is we're going to acknowledge that. And we're going to allow you to have a conversation based on the lessons that we teach, you know, all we ask you to do is take a little bit of time and effort to engage. If you give us that little bit of time and effort, then that could really open up an opportunity for you to get to know God for yourself. Cause that's the whole goal and purpose. So that's what grads is. Yeah. So as you're doing the youth pastor, and of course you still do it. When did like the bodybuilding and like the health coaching and stuff come in? Um, that came in because of my dad, you know, my dad was a bodybuilder back in the day mm-hmm. and, uh, he looked at me and said in his, I think he was in his thirties and I was like, you know, 12 or 13, something like that. He was like, son, I'm doing this for my fifties. Not, but I caught that. And so when he turned like late forties or whatever, you know, he was like, I mean, I told him, I said, dad, remember when you told me you was doing this for your fifties? You know, he was like, yeah, I remember that. I was like, man, you, you did it. And so I reminded him, like, he was like, no, I did do it. He was like, man, you know, I forgot about that. So I saw him take care of himself. He, he and my mother. So for, he did the bodybuilding stuff, but my mother did the other wellness things like get proper sleep. She does not get stressed. She is just laid back. I get that from her. She's really laid back and she doesn't, you know, really get caught up in a bunch of stuff. She really keeps the main thing, the main thing. Um, she's very good at being herself. Like yes, she's unapologetically absolutely. herself. And she's like, I mean, if it's not literally hurting you, then I'm not going to change it. And so they showed me what wellness was about. I'm looking at two individuals who are really living well. Like both my parents are going to be 70. Most people don't even know that. Like they're going to be 70 years old next year, but they don't look like it. They don't act like it. Like how are you pastoring two churches flying out every single month doing all this stuff, you know, um, but yet you still are energetic and you're not, you know, walking around and looking like what most people think that you should look like and act yeah. like when you're older. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of why I got into the wellness and the bodybuilding stuff. The bodybuilding stuff was more like a legacy. I wanted to kind of let them know that, Dad, I remember what you said. And I did it in my 40s on purpose uh, to kind of let him know that I'm taking it to another level because he stopped like in his 30s. So I thought it was cool to for me to do my first competition in my 40s and win. You know, I won uh, in my age group and I got third overall. That, that meant that, you know, even the 20-year-old whippersnappers had to deal with your boy. You know what I'm saying? I would have won, but it was rigged. You know what I'm mean? <laughs> so, so earlier, before we started filming, we were talking about, um, like, health and eating. Yeah. And I was wondering if we should talk about it here. We can. I think we should. Okay. It's up. It's your I, show. I ain't gonna lie. Ain't gonna lie. And, and see, that's why I'm taking advantage of it being my show because <laughs> I have some serious, <laughs> some serious issues that I would like to discuss with you and we will just let them watch and listen so they can learn. Okay. So the first thing that we were talking about um, was it is something we all know, but it is hard to put in practice. Even if you're exercising, mm-hmm. if you ain't eating right. <laughs> right. It's it's pointless. Yeah. I'm looking at both cameras. It's pointless, 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 pointless. I'm sorry. So You can't but, outwork out a bad diet. Oh, you can't. Oh. Unless you're an Olympic athlete. You know what I'm saying? Yo, that that's natural and spiritual too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just hit you just two piece <laughs> me so hard. <laughs> you can't out work a bad diet no you can't you can't 
At the end of the day, I would need to be comfortable with myself more. And because I felt like in order for me to be my true self or in order for me to have a big impact on the world, I would need to be with a group of people that I know when that's not the case. I was kind of scared at first because I felt like I was going to miss them. My parents have told me many times that I have gifts and I need to use it and like people wish they could do what I do and I was like mm, I don't want to do that. Since I was really young I really like to speak and make people feel better in life and it's just something I enjoy. Hi this is Nay and that was Nay's Place. If you want to catch more search Nay's Place on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. So no matter how many workouts you do, no matter how many yeah. times you go to the gym, if you yeah. go pick up a dozen donuts after, you just wiped it all away. Right. For example, I tell people this all the time. Like, the machines at the gym, they give a some kind of number that tells you what you're doing. It's not extreme. It's not 100% accurate, but it's but it's close enough. So if you actually looked at the packaging of that candy bar that you ate, you know, because you were, you know, struggling and you just wanted to grab some, you want to take no effort to actually grab a piece of fruit and peel the orange or, or, or the banana. It was too much work. So instead you peeled the wrapper <laughs> of the, <laughs> the Snickers or the Kit Kat. But when you look at it, like when you look behind it, when you look at the, the servings and the calories. So oftentimes you see that number in the back and, that number is like of one serving and maybe you're eating a, a big enough, whatever you're eating, where it's, maybe, yeah, where it's two or three servings, you know? So you got to take that number multiplied by two or three. But anyway, it may say 300 calories. If you've ever paid attention to like the treadmill and when you're on it, see how long it takes you to burn 300 calories. So it's like, that may take you 20, 20 plus minutes, probably 30. To burn 300 calories. So it took you that long just to burn off that candy bar. Yes. And so, yeah, you can't outwork out a bad diet. It's, it's not. Unless unless you're like a marathon runner. You know, something in stupid and insane where nobody's doing that. No, yeah. no, 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 no average person is running 25, you know, 15 miles, 30 miles a day. You, know, you yeah. ain't doing that. So they can't keep, you know, they use up so energy, uh, so much energy. They can't keep, they can't eat enough, you know, because they're, but that's because they're doing so much. So yeah, you can't outwork out a bad diet. So I want to talk to you about um, emotional eating. Oh yeah, yeah. Like in your experience, because I know you've talked to a lot of people. Like, what is the root of why people connect? emotional experiences with eating why do people even do that there's many different reasons i'll give you like the pop the ballpark answer and that is that eating is easy it's an easy coping mechanism like it don't take a lot of work like in in what you're feeling is so painful and like eating has a hormonal element to it it brings euphoria you know it, it it's 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 it releases um, um, you know, those, those, those hormones that make you feel good. So that's what you want to do when you feel bad, you want to feel good. So you can quickly grab the donut or the sweet buttery, you know, sticky, whatever it is whatever. that you're eating. And that for a moment, it, it switches you from pain to pleasure. And so that oftentimes is why people do that and grab that very quickly. But your body doesn't know that you're eating for that purpose. Your body just understands food as energy. And whatever it doesn't use, it stores. And what we see stored is called fat. Mm. So in your training, mm -hmm. have you ever had to like have a deeper conversation with people before doing training? Oh, yeah. Uh, because you, as we talked about before, we started that the key to a healthy lifestyle or just anything consistency is the key to success consistency. And we all have done it. Uh, anything that we've been successful at, we've done like, for example, you're good at what you do, but you had to keep doing it over and over and over and over again. You had to make the time, make the effort. It became routine. It became a lifestyle. Um, so 
I have to talk to individuals about their why. Like, you know, what is your why? And it has to be deeper than what I want to lose weight because that hasn't worked. I mean, you know, so you so the conversation in understanding and having the person, my my client understand their why, then we can attach that understanding towards starting some kind of healthy behavior with understanding and with like a real like real skin in the game instead of like, well, I just want to I just want to flap my belly for this uh, whatever Yes. Very shallow thing it is. For, to fit my to fit in this wedding yeah. dress because I'm a bridesmaid. I right. Mean, I'm a, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Like that like, type of stuff. Yeah. Or like even if you did it, but then the goal went away. So because the goal went away, then you're just gonna stop. Stop. So and you then go a, back to you need a greater why that exceeds time almost. Like mm-hmm. like on some, I want to live to see my great great grandchildren. Yes, that is a deeper why. Like something that motivates you. Like to me, excuses are motivation in the wrong direction. It's motivation, but it's just in the wrong direction. So when you find your why, you're counteracting your excuses. So when you find your why, you're you're finding your true motivations to bring out the best in you. And so your excuses you're already comfortable with. So that's why when you hear them, you fall mm-hmm. in them quick. You know what I'm yes saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so, but when I talk to patients, um, or my clients then well clap both but what happens is is that I'm now we're now tapping into like I said their their motivations to do something in the opposite way so when you have an excuse you can then now recite what you now have unearthed which is my deeper why so man don't do that you know you're tired but you say yeah I'm tired but my kids though like I really want to see them you know, and I don't want to be like sickly. Yes. So. And and in our community, I'm learning that we tend to die prematurely because of health conditions related to eating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eating and being sedentary. Sedentary just means you, you don't have no physical activity. Interesting. Yeah. So you're eating bad and then doing nothing. After yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, it's a it is a dangerous concoction. Mm. It leads to a lot of chronic illness, meaning you know all the things that we think in our community. I think at times that we're supposed to have, uh, we even call it Uncle Arthur. You know, arthritis, <laughs> diabetes. You know, when you get your blood pressure, what kind of pills you got? Mine are red. You know, <laughs> cholesterol, <laughs> high cholesterol. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, um, hypertension. hypertension. Yeah, like all those things, or high blood pressure, all that stuff develops over a long period of time, and it takes so sometimes a long time for it to have its effect. But when but when the effect is had, oftentimes it's major. That's why it's called a silent killer, um, and it's not because it it well put it this way: it's a silent killer because we don't go to the doctor and get our blood work done. So simply, you just going to the doctor and and then just saying, "Hey, check my blood work." When they check your blood work, they're going to check those biometric numbers, meaning your blood pressure, blood sugar, um, and your blood lipids or like your cholesterol. All those numbers are important because they tell your health journey. When those numbers are out of whack, you're going in the wrong direction. You're moving towards all the bad things, diabetes, stroke, heart attack, uh, and all the other things that are horrible. But when your numbers are stable and you know them, then you're moving away from those things, uh, those things that will hurt you in the long run and cause other problems in the long run. So to a person who's listening or watching and saying, hey, Jarek, I found my why. Yeah, excellent. What are some practical things that I can do to reverse these issues? It's called lifestyle medicine. So oftentimes we get into the trap of taking a pop in the pill for everything because the pill again is like the food. It's easy. You know, it's, it's, you take it and you pop it in your mouth. So, but if you look at the bottle, it has side effects. So you're taking that medication and I'm not saying you shouldn't take the medication. You should take the medication. <laughs> you should. So it's not a, it's not bad if you have to take it. Um, but lifestyle medicine pretty much is this is that understanding that weight does mean something. I know we're in a time uh, 
uh, it's not going to be popular when I say this. I'm not trying to offend, but it is what it is. The fat acceptance where you like, well, you know, this is who I am. It's my body type, blah, blah, blah. Understand that. Yes. Nobody has to be a one or a two or have be chiseled and all that. Nobody's saying you have to do that. But weight does matter. There is a proper weight. There is having too much weight, especially around your organs. Uh, uh, there's a term called death weight. Weight around your midsection and the circumference of your midsection means something. The larger the circumference, it has attachments to a lot of chronic illnesses. When the when your circumference gets smaller, your waist to hip ratio gets smaller. A lot of those chronic illnesses also are prevented or or lessened. So weight does mean something. Then another thing is properly eating. I told you before, like eating uh, smaller portions throughout the day and making sure that you're eating very colorfully. So making sure that your plate shouldn't always be white, brown and dark brown or black. Uh, it should colors mean that you you have to eat vegetables and you have to eat fruit and you should be drinking water. Oftentimes we're getting unnecessary calories from sugary drinks. Sugar is very caloric and uh, it's what's killing us. So when you get that supersize, whatever, um, man, that strawberry that's a, yeah, Woo! that is a lot of that's a lot of stored energy because that's like quick energy too. sugar is quick. Yeah. Like it needs to be burned quickly. And if you don't burn it and you got all this energy, then it, it, it's going to be stored. That's why when people stop drinking soda, like let's say they're trying to do their health thing. So the first thing a lot of people do is stop drinking a lot of sugary drinks. They immediately drop weight. And like, oh just my off God, that one thing, just off that one thing, because they, they because sugary drinks are extremely caloric, empty calories that do nothing for you. Uh, the next thing is cardio, some kind of aerobic activity, heart rate over 100. Um, I told you uh, earlier that 30 minutes for five days a week is 150 minutes. Um, if you did that five days a week, then you would lower your biometric numbers, meaning your blood pressure, blood glucose and your uh, cholesterol. Anything of 200 plus minutes, which would be 40 to 45 minutes over five days a week. That is like weight loss numbers. Um, so that kind of gives you a direction on where you need to go. And then also the um, stress, making sure that you manage stress in a very healthy way. And then lastly, making sure you go to sleep. A lot of people think that you don't need sleep, but sleep is extremely important. You're supposed to get six to eight hours of sleep. Six is like a C. It's like the bottom. Anything below that really is hurting you in the long run. Matter of fact, if you over the age of over the age of 45, you're getting less than six hours of sleep. You double your chances for stroke and heart attack. Your body needs to rest. We are not robots. Like all them people telling us like, yeah, man, I don't sleep. You know, I ain't slept in three days. That's that's not healthy. <laughs> that's that's yeah. not really not good because, you know, what what have you been doing to stay up? Like, what, do you, what, you know, what did you have to do to stay up? Oftentimes when you have lack of sleep and also it causes hormonal imbalance. One of those imbalances is like you have a problem with hunger. So oftentimes when you're hungry, you grab this. I mean, when you're sleepy or or sleep deprived, you grab, grab something to stay awake. dumb stuff, you know, yes. but that's but that's an actual hormonal imbalance because you don't have your sleep. So I would wow. really encourage people to really put effort into a sleep routine, you know, cutting off devices, you know, your phones and your and your televisions emit a blue light that stimulates your brain. And messes with your thing is called circadian rhythms or, you know, like when you wake up and go to sleep. So, you know, like, for example, like you can just wake up at it. Some people wake up at the same time every single day. Yes. That's your circadian rhythm. So you need to if you if that's already set and it's proper, then you need to work on your going to bedtime and being a lot more purpose than that. So actually doing stuff to relax not like it's time to go to bed and you do and you work 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 and then you now I'm gonna close my eyes. It, oh, it don't so work you like that. Gradually prepare you should for be bed. preparing for bed. That's how people are like I don't wipe. I can't turn my brain off and I'm still. Well, you did. You never turned it off until you tried to close your eyes. So you purposely wind down. You have a yeah a wind down time on purpose. So whatever that healthiness is, you know whatever it is that makes you calm and relaxes you. And that is part of your bedtime. But sleep is extremely important. You really need to go to sleep. It's like the like part of the foundation. But those are your lifestyle medicines that I just named that you can work on.
So talk to me about walking because I want everybody to hear what you told me before. Because, like, I've been walking recently, but you just taught me that I ain't doing such a good job. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have put it like that. I just... <laughs> I wasn't trying to make you feel bad. I just was saying, like, no, you, you got to put a little more effort into it. Put it this way, like, whatever you put effort into is what you get out of it. Yes. So you got to think about that. If you, like, just strolling <laughs> and then you, like, wondering why you ain't really getting nothing out of it, what are you really putting into it? <laughs> what, are you, what are you putting into it? So what I told you was to walk at a, at a brisk, which is moderate intensity pace. So you want to make sure that your heart rate is, like, above 100 um, you're not ga- <laughs> gasping for air, but you you want to be ha- you want to be yeah. breathing a little. And I kind of told you like, hey, you know, walk like you were like late in the airport. Yeah, you know, like it, it's it's brisk. You know, yeah, trying to get to the gate. You don't have to run to get to the gate, but you gonna have to put a little pep in your step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that should be how you're walking. And I told you like you don't have to like you know do more than that like you can walk yourself into some great situations you can walk yourself into weight loss you know as long as you're that eating is very important so if you're eating properly then you're getting the you're getting enough calories to function efficiently and you're getting a lot of nutrient nutrient dense healthy calories yeah instead of just empty sugary full of fat you know full of salt sugar stuff yeah yeah so i want to kind of transition to like the experience that I'm having in my mind listening to you. Okay. So from a natural perspective, it is very clear to me Mm -hmm. and I know what to do now. That's eating better. Mm -hmm. That's getting proper sleep. Mm -hmm. um, And that's exercising in a way that's effective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's um, resting. Mm -hmm what I take in mm-hmm. and what I put out. Yeah. Yeah. Now. <laughs> That's why you got to adjust in the seat like that. Na- because, because, because watch this. <laughs> what are you doing? This, I'm, I'm, I'm finna, I'm finna. I'm uh, scared. I'm, I'm finna, like, yeah, hey, what are we doing? You, the alley. you can't just be doing that finna, around <laughs> black people, man. I'm like, do I need to run? <laughs> you know, we can't be doing movements. We like quick to be like, what? what we we going to do it together. I ain't going to be left. <laughs> I'm, 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 about to, I'm about to throw you the alley, man, because. <laughs> Uh, okay it's almost emotional for me mm-hmm. because it's like my oh, i'm gonna cry my spirit man uh-huh. has my spirit man is a spiritual mirror of my physical man yeah and i know that i'm out of shape i know that i'm not the way that i should be mm-hmm. and i know that i'm not efficient in what i take in and what i put out yeah that's good and you just told me the natural way yeah but i automatically go i'm spiritually like out of shape too you know oftentimes people do that you know actually i liken or i believe that the health experience is very similar to the salvation experience yeah. i think it's very very similar because it's really all about lifestyle yes and it's like yeah resting yeah what you take in yep what you put out. Yeah. That's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what are you listening to? Yeah. What are you watching? Yeah. What are you saying? That's the, what are you putting out? Yeah. yeah. And are you giving yourself the opportunity to rest from the world's expectations of you? Yeah. Like yeah. rest. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Like get proper rest. You got it. Like I'm gone. Yeah, you I'm got, gone. You got it. You got it. I, I'm, 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 I'm excited of this breakthrough, sir. <laughs> yo, yo, it's like this dang. is great. This is great. This is great. So, like, do you? Um, I want you to talk from that perspective. Yeah. I want you to talk to me, of course, but I want you to talk to everybody while you're talking to me. Okay. Like, what are some spiritual practices mm-hmm. to get my health together? My spiritual health. Okay. Um. It's kind of the same line. So, like, what are you eating? Um, uh, let me see the scripture that kind of lines up with that. Um, you can take your phone out if you need to and look for it. I know. It. it was like on the tip of my tongue. But, oh, those who hunger after righteousness shall be filled. Right? So that's a, like, so it's telling you to be hungry, but it's telling you to hunger for what? 
So it's hunger for, so I said in the physical, I said hunger for nutrient dense. So that's, you eating know, colorful. Yeah, eating colorful, whole grain, stuff like that, right? So God gives us the plan, hunger for righteousness. Like that's what we should be craving. So you shouldn't be craving, like you said, worldly attributes that can easily catch our eye because it's like candy. It's easy. So, 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 so I'm hungering for attention, which means numbers, which means crowds, which means, you know, a certain response, uh, uh, titles, not that kind of, so that's what I'm talking, you know, but, but God didn't say do that. He says hunger for righteousness and righteousness from the biblical perspective is, um, I think it's, uh, righteousness is fancy. It's not joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. I'm about to mess that up. But there's another scripture that actually explains what righteousness is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what we should be hungering after. And really, it's really just the things of God. But in order to do the things of God, you have to take the time and effort to spend time with God. Yes. But personal time. Yes. So not So personal time is not the time that everybody sees. So going to church service is great. You should go to church. Um, you should go to your Bible study or you should go to rehearsal. Or you, but then there's that personal time. Uh, and that's the most, that's that time where intimacy is developed. And you get to figure out who you are away from all these other things concerning mm. your spiritual walk. That is great in your development. You know, um, uh, what's another one? Um Honestly, those are two of the main things, that hungering part and then that developing that personal relationship with that very intimate and personal time and making the effort for it. Like a lot of healthy behaviors, you have to make the effort and the time. Like you you have to decide to make the time and the effort, you, you know, make the time for it. And that's the part that we dread. Like, oh, man, I got to actually spend 30 minutes, you know, and running. And then I actually have to like. <laughs> <laughs> do yeah. more than the bare minimum. Yes. That, that's the that's the other key mm-hmm. that you you that's the other key that really stuck out to me. It's like you can spend an hour walking. Yeah. But if you don't walk at the proper pace, yeah. It is a waste of time. Yeah, it's quality. Yeah, it's like, are you spending quality time with God? Quality. It's this it's this it's this the quality of the time. And if you have a lot of, if you have quality and quantity, that's a dangerous concoction. Like that's even, that's what, that's what makes a bodybuilder. A bodybuilder is quality and quantity. You know, it's like you can be spiritually a juggernaut if you did both of those. But, but there's a word that fits that and it's called discipline. And so a lot of, but. But, you know, discipline is a flesh issue. So that's why Paul said, I buffet my body and make it or I beat it and make it my slave. You know, he was he was giving us the insight like, yo, this is this is a process and it's going to be tough. But if you get your mindset, you know, um, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, it's a it's a mind reset and understanding where your priorities are. Like, am I really doing this God thing, you know, because I love him and, you know, I really want to emulate him in the world or am I really doing this God thing still tied into a bunch of worldly rewarding things? Like again, uh, the title, the pay, the crowd, the award, when at the end of the day, none of that stuff will be the salvation of your soul. Yeah. It will just be a thing that you got. So getting to discipline first starts mentally. Yeah. Understanding first, I'm not disciplined. That's yeah. number one. Like recognizing that I'm not disciplined. Admitting it to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then saying, okay. So tell me yes or no if I'm right or wrong. Lack of discipline Mm -hmm. comes from 
people's priorities not being in the proper order. Yeah, I, yeah, I can say that. Because mm-hmm. I heard you say, like, you got to think about it and, like, actually recognize or put into place what you prioritize. Like, Very what's important. important? Very important. That's, that's like, goes back to the, the healthy lifestyle. Because I tell, oftentimes I tell people, like, you can do that. Like, we, we prioritize stuff all the time. It's now, like you said, understanding and making that thing that you know you need to do is going to get you to your healthiest point physically or spiritually and saying okay i'm going to in my mind make that a priority just as i make a priority whatever going to work or you know yeah you're messing me up because now (laughs) now i'm thinking like most people would say i'm not disciplined yeah but now that i hear you talk Everybody's disciplined. Yeah. It's just. It's just not in the. It, <laughs> what it's, was prioritize? Right, like, right. If you go yeah. eat McDonald's every day for lunch, you're, you're disciplined. disciplined. You're very disciplined. Just in the wrong. Remember I told you earlier, I said consistency is the key to success. Yes. So you can be. so, But that's an open statement. So you can be successful at the wrong thing. But you can be very good at it. I mean, they're, think about it. To be unhealthy, you were pretty consistent. <sighs> And that's and, and that's what you honestly is the Bible. You reap what you sow. So it's really no different than that. It's it's you're getting what you have invested in. And that's a principle that's gonna work. So so you. the the thing I want to encourage people on is the fact that because we can easily beat ourselves down thinking that we're not capable. Oh yeah. Versus having the paradigm shift to say you've been capable all along, but you've just been putting that discipline in things that are taking you the wrong way. Trying to take my job. That's what I do every day. That's why I'm a wellness, a wellness coach in the health. That's what I do. I'm I'm trained to help identify the jewels and the, and the expertise that lies in all of us. And then to redirect that towards helping them instead of harming them. So we are fully equipped with everything that we need. Honestly, none of us truly are lacking because we, cause we perform and are successful in a lot of things that just not helping us. They're hurting us. But we hang on to them for whatever reason. Yeah. Oftentimes, they're just familiar and comfortable spaces that give us temporary pleasure for our immense pain. If you can't hold your mule, <laughs> don't give it to somebody that don't deserve it now. Nah. Please don't. You know he out here sleeping with everybody. Don't do it. And you gonna do it because it feel good. Why? Because he got a big thing thing or something. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't, that ain't. You know how many men folk around here? Never mind. I'm just. There's plenty of fishies in the sea. If you enjoyed this clip of Be For Real, you can watch the full video. Just head over to RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just type in B-E-F-U-H-R-E-A-L period. And we have to get to a place where we find solutions that are healthier in the long run. Trying to take my job again. There we go. I feel like I'm, I'm good no, at this. Listen. I'm good at this. You know listen, what I'm saying? Your you boy have, good at yo, this. You, you know teaching me so <laughs> It's crazy. Like, even though, even though you did not intend to, like, it's like I'm low-key one of your clients now. Actually, I did. It's actually a technique. And I, I, I've been using it the whole time. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Do you mind sharing the technique? Uh, or is it is it secret sauce? <laughs> no, no, it's no secret sauce. It's actually, again, it's 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 through a line of questioning and through my through my communication, making sure you grasp concepts, and also making sure that you then believe. 
that you are the expert in your own life. So what I'm doing is building confidence. Yes. So I'm saying it in such a way that sounds so so simple that you can't help but be like, eh, eh, it's easy. And if I got to do that. Well, I've done it on purpose to build that the word is called self-efficacy, which okay. is confidence to do a behavior. Yeah. So that's all I'm doing. I'm just building up your confidence to believe that you really can do it. Bro. And when you believe you can do it, then what's going to stop you when you believe you can do it? Bro, so. you are, you're extremely gifted, bro. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy because <clears throat> for you to be like a health and wellness coach mm. and to like be in a pastoral position, like talking to you is making me understand like how much alike it is. Yeah. So you're you're in a position now, yeah. tell me if I'm right or wrong, where you kind of say the same thing in church and in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> low key. No, no low key. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, pay for it. Yeah, I do it all the time. Yo, it's like the yeah. the principles of becoming yeah. healthy. Well, the same principles and spiritually as as it is natural. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm, I'm, I'm how to get, get talking checked. to you. I'm yeah. examining my life, and it's like, yeah. 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 bro, you got to make healthier choices, and you got to put your effort and discipline in things that move you in a positive direction. Mm -hmm. Like spiritually and naturally, you got to go on the same journey at the same time. And then yep. you'll be healthy and whole. At the end of the day, we are our lifestyle choices. In my opinion, life is nothing but a string of decisions. Like really, life is nothing but a string of decisions. If you break down life into that way. And just think about what I'm saying. It's just decision after decision after decision after decision. Think about it. Salvation is a decision. Yes, Choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. Yeah, that's a decision. As for me and my house, Joshua said, we're going to serve the Lord. That's a choice. The rest of that scripture said, hey, y'all can still, you, y'all jokers can serve the, the gods of this land or wherever else. We're going to serve the Lord over here. Yeah. You know, so it's the same. It's a, so the same decisions that got you to a place, decisions can get you out of a place. Can get you to your, you know. Your healthy, wealthy land, your land of, and that's why, for example, I'm, I'm convinced that I'm going to mention Kanye West. Okay. Like, okay. So it's going to sound a little, but see where I'm going. I'm, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to throw it out here. You know, we'll <laughs> see what's going to happen. <laughs> but, um, when you look at a Kanye West, I pray for somebody like him because I believe a lot of that's our fault. And here's why. Um, we idolize and celebrate people for being disciplined. He's just a disciplined individual. He focused on one thing and became extremely good at it. And he was rewarded by a bunch of the people in the world liking it. I don't think he understood that that was also going to come with worship. Like idolatry. Like I don't, and so no human being can bear the weight of worship. You will always break. You always break during that. So to me, that's what like people, and he's just one person, but to me, so like celebrities and people like him. Like, so he's got that thing. And then, and then his thing parlayed him to being a billionaire. So now he's being looked at like this God because he has a gift. He's, he's super gifted. Um, and he performs very well, you know, with that gift. And then he got stupid, dumb paid at it, you know, because then he like took his creativity. Then he started doing shoes. I mean, he Kanye is really <laughs> is really I mean, he's an interesting guy. Right. Yeah. Um, but to me, it also shows, again, like we created that we we broken him because of that, because nobody can bear the weight of worship. Nobody can. We can't do that. And so back to what, I was, uh, what we were talking about, like, because we're, we're so undisciplined and we're so not willing to stay the course, we idolize people who do. We make it seem like they're like untouchable when all of us can, all of us have gifts, you know, all of us have gifts, yes. but we don't 
cultivate them like that. Anybody who's super successful, that's why they get confused. Like in the interview first, if you ever see a person when they first start getting stardom, it's scary for them. And they're like, well, they're like, what did you do? And they're like, well, I believed in the same thing. (laughs) And I kept doing it. You know? And they're like, oh, so really? I mean, it's like, yeah, I kept doing it. And when people said no, I didn't accept it. That's everything. Everybody's got the same story. Yeah. And I was just delusional. I had delusion. We call it faith. They may say delusional, but it's still faith. Like, I just truly believed that this was a good idea. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Or and I when was going to find it. When you believe it's a good idea, nothing can stop you from continuing. When you truly believe. Yes. Truly. So, like, oftentimes people who do that or become professionals or experts or whatever, they actually are, it's a spiritual thing. They're putting, they, they use their faith to cultivate and become something what we think is remarkable. But it's only because not many of us are willing to invest in our gifts. Like yeah, that. so it's not extraordinary. Like it's not. The, the, the extraordinary part isn't the accomplishment. No. It's the willingness to to be consistent. Yes, that's the extraordinary part. <laughs> and that's why they, that's why I think people like them lose their mind because they like, I really didn't, how am I different than any of you? Yes. And then people, yeah. and then people who aren't willing to be consistent they get annoyed with a person that says because what we tend to do mm-hmm. instead of becoming people who stick with one thing yeah we love that it's easy for you to say yeah now that you've made it yeah, yeah. Is, but but what we're really saying is i don't have what it takes to do that that long or really i'm not willing Cause you do have it. That's it. You're just not willing. I'm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're just not. I'm not willing to. That's know, it. To, I don't. I'm not. You know. I haven't found my why. Again, go back to our initial conversation. They found their why, but and when they talk about it, it's 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 intoxicating. Yeah. They're like, man, you know, you know, I just I just sat in my garage yes. and I just made beats after beat and I just. <laughs> You know, I would make it, but and they tell you I would do this if I wasn't even getting paid because I because I was doing it. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I was, uh, you know, and then and they I spent do it and hours, and hours, and hours, and hours doing it, and no different than a person like a, a playing a, a sport. Think about it. There's people who do things so well that they they can become experts very young. Sports is very good for that. Like you have people playing tennis at a professional level, like at. 15, you know, 14. Yes. Or, you know, basketball players who are able to be pros at like 19. They haven't been on the earth a lot. But when you look at, but but then they'll tell you, but nah, man, I've been dribbling this ball since I was three. Yeah. You know, and I just, and I've been shooting. There was hours of shooting. I didn't go to, I didn't go to the prom. I didn't, you know, and, I and didn't you do none else, of that And stuff. you want to know what's funny? <laughs> yeah. Decisions. Again. I'm not going decisions. to go to the prom because, like, I got a friend now. One of my friends, he's a professional bass player. Okay. Like on a really, really high level. Yeah. Right? And it's like, for people who don't know him, yeah, it's amazing. Again, yeah. But mm-hmm. watch this. Yo, we finna go to the mall, man. You coming? No, nah, I'm gonna practice. I'll see y'all later at rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about we 13 years old. What you mean, man? What you just talking about? You're like, you're weird. At yeah, this it's point. like, he's like, I'll, I'll see y'all. Or, or, or we get ready to go pick him up for rehearsal. Mm-hmm. His daddy opened the door. He upstairs. Y'all already know where he at. We go upstairs. Mm-hmm. He listening to um, Jocko and. He listening to riffs. Mar- Mar- Marcus Miller. Trying to mimic him, right? Trying to just. From the tone to the way they stand. I'm like. Passionate. God. And then we get to rehearsals. It's like, okay. We all friends. Yeah. We're playing for our homie's dad. Yeah. Like, we love it. Yeah. But we homies. Yeah. Not him. He know every single thing <laughs> on, on top of every single thing. Like, I'm right, like, right. I'm the music director. Yeah. So, automatically, there's certain stuff I'm supposed to know, right? Right. He like, no, nah, you ain't do that last time. Right. He yeah. telling me. Right. I'm not right. prepared to call the shots. And that can be annoying. And he like, and it, and, it, and it was like, yeah, you're right. And he's like, this, this, this. And I'm like, we would go places mm-hmm. up the street, 20 mm-hmm. minutes from the house. He treated it 
Like who he is yes, today yes. when people see him on the Grammys or the Super Bowl. Consistency. He was that way when we were kids, man. <laughs> and it's like, so it's like, you earned that, bro. You earned. I watched you yeah. sacrifice so much. Like you gave up your childhood. Yeah. And gave it to this craft. Mm-hmm. You deserve the Super Bowl. You deserve the Grammy. You deserve it all yeah. because you made a string of decisions yep. that led you straight to it. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. And it's like anyone who's willing to string the decisions in a certain way yeah. for a long period of time, right. they will find success. Right. Now, what? level of success is tied into your purpose some people get mad at that but you because you got to have a better because you got to understand that part like it's it's still tied into your purpose so there are people who are just as good as probably your friend but they're not playing you know you know and getting grammys and that kind of stuff but that's not part of their purpose um but they're still getting the reward that they're supposed to get and they're achieving the level of success that still allows them to experience joy in their lives, which is why you shouldn't compare. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you a question so you can help the people. What would your advice be to someone who's frustrated because they feel like they've put in that work and they're not getting a certain level of result that they desire? I would say, like I said earlier, like stress is because of unrealistic, unmet, unmet expectation is perception. So you, you kind of need to, again, put you, your life, your life is yours and put it into proper perspective. I believe that that also comes from you comparing instead of you really focusing really hard on you. Like what does God have for me yes. to do? And again, if you compare, then you think that, well, because, we have or I can do just like that person or even better then I should have that but your lives aren't the same and that's the decision you made in that craft there's other decisions that you needed to make that person also could have made decisions that I'm going to then step out over here and I'm going to I'm going to make sure that I you know work in this area and this arena and develop this relationship that then gets me to so it's not just the gift it's also the other consistent decisions um, that will lead you to that path as well. But ultimately, you need to focus on your own life because your life is yours to run. Life, our lives are is truly um, a, a race with no runners besides ourselves. <laughs> that's, that's what really life is. But we get distracted because we can see it. But truly, the essence of life is running your own race and getting to your own finish line. Yes, sir. And that's really uncomparable. But that's the mindset you have to really develop over time and understanding. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. For your time, your expertise, your wisdom. I appreciate it. Like you helped me today. I'm talking about, I'm talking about you may have just single handedly changed the rest of my life in one conversation. And I'm not saying that lightly. To God with the glory. I love helping people. And, you know, that's all I got, man. Yes, sir. This has been another episode of the RXS podcast with my guy, Jarek McCarter. We out. Peace. Later.